an uneasy feeling that you are not alone. Don't worry. It's just a ghost. A shout out to Tia Mayhem and Tanya Venom of Stormstress for providing the incredible intro music for this podcast. Welcome to It's Just a Ghost. I am your host, Mary Jensen, and back this week is our co-ghost, Perry Jones. Before we get started, I would like to add that this episode is not recommended for children. Not that we encourage any of our investigation episodes for little ears, mostly because of the EVPs. But especially this one, parents, please use your parental discretion. This investigation episode, number 33, is about the Naramore children murders. Stay tuned to find out what would drive a mother of six to brutally murder her children. Perry and I, along with our guest, Donna George, investigated the cemetery where the Naramore children were buried in 1901, and you will be amazed at what the audio and video recorders picked up. Here is the story. Elizabeth Ann Craig married Frank Naramore in 1890 at the age of 19, against the wishes of her family and friends. Elizabeth found out over the next 10 years that she probably should have listened to her family and friends as she gave birth to one child after another, while Frank drank his wages away consistently. Whilst being unfaithful and abusive, the family fell deeper into poverty. Wow. And he made good money, too, working at a local sawmill, but he blew it all on alcohol and women. And mm -hmm. What year was this? 1890. 1890? Well, that's wow. when they got married. So, right. Yeah. And the family settled in an abandoned farmhouse just outside of the village of Coldbrook Springs, near the town of Barrie, Massachusetts, in around 1897. And for years, the locals saw a proud, hard-working mother struggle to clothe her children and keep her home clean and the family fed. That's really sad. It is sad. You know, especially it's not like he died and right. she was struggling. I, he just... I actually thought maybe he had died or something. And that's why she was struggling so much. Nope. She married wow. a loser. Yeah, I guess so. So, um, yeah, and that village no longer exists. It was taken by the Metropolitan District Commission for the Watershed Project for the Quabbin Reservoir. Oh. And we've been planning on doing an episode about the Quabbin Reservoir and that, because I guess that's kind of haunted too. Oh. So yeah. when yeah. we get to that episode, we can talk more about the project and stuff. So on several occasions, the locals stepped in and spared a few groceries so that she had something to give the children. And then in March of 1901, Elizabeth was pushed to seek further help from the poor board in Baldwinville, their previous, where the previous home was. And a few days later, the overseers came out to the house to inspect the family's living conditions. They found Elizabeth and her six children living in an abject squalor with no heating, no food, and only a few little rooms of the house. And they, they agreed to help. And the solution they proposed was to remove the five older children, Ethel, age nine, Charles, age seven, Walter, age six, Chester, age four, and Elizabeth, age three, and place them with five foster families. Well, the same thing placed Elizabeth and baby Lena, age 10 months, in a poor home. They left and assured Elizabeth they would return the following week. 
So that's pretty sad too. That's All sad. the children Solution. would have to be split right. up. Mm -hmm. And so apparently, sounds to me like Elizabeth's heading for a nervous breakdown and maybe just kind of freaked out, yeah. you know? Yeah. Splitting the family up, out, mm. you know? So a few days after that, at around 3 p.m., George Thresher stopped at the house to deliver food, and there was no response to the knock at the door, which he found odd because usually the children were out playing in the yard and he could hear them laughing and playing. And so since there was no response to the knock, George found it to be wedged shut, which was most unusual. He went to the small window and peered inside, and he was horrified to see blood splattered everywhere and what happened to be Lizzie laying on the bed. Wow. So yeah, I guess they used to call her Lizzie. Okay, so George dropped the groceries and ran back to work and raised the alarm. Somebody was sent to alert Frank at the sawmill, and a party was set up and went back to the house and managed to break in. It quickly appeared an awful violent crime had taken place and the word was sent to notify the authorities as the men walked around the few rooms they saw the two eldest children laid on one bed and the four younger ones in another alongside their mother it was quickly apparent the children were all dead but when the authorities arrived and the process of moving the children began someone reached out to take baby lena wrapped in her mother's arms Elizabeth stirred. She was alive, but barely. A deep slash to her throat had caused extensive blood loss. Elizabeth was taken swiftly to the local hotel to receive medical attention. And to begin with, the prognosis was not good. As the night wore on, the doctor hesitantly suggested she may survive after all. But then came the bombshell. The murders of the children were, were at their mother's scary huh because mm, at is. first i had heard that and then when i was reading doing research and stuff i'm like well somebody else must have done it right. because she was hurt too so i right. was thinking the father but yeah no yeah. so during her treatment a very weak elizabeth explained that she was overcome with fear that the overseers were going to remove her children including the baby and leave her alone in a hostel somewhere never to see them again the terror was more than she could bear, and in a moment of irrationality, she had decided instead to take their lives and her own. I mean, it sounds like she used to be a good mother, and she yeah. just kind of snapped. Yeah. She described placing them all in various rooms of the house, and then taking them one at a time to the kitchen, eldest first, and bashed their heads in with an axe. Mm. When she reached the baby, she used a club. She laid them out on the beds and took her husband's razor, first attempting to cut the arteries in her leg, which was unsuccessful. She had taken to slashing her own throat before curling up next to her children and waiting, and waiting to die. And the authorities and the local townspeople were horrified. They hadn't realized just how desperate Elizabeth had become. Sorrow was expressed at how the poor children were dreadfully bruised and bloodied about the heads. So Elizabeth was arrested and charged with the murders of her eldest child, nine-year-old Ethel. She pleaded guilty at her trial in Worcester, Massachusetts, but in a somewhat surprising outcome, the judge found her not guilty by reason of insanity. Oh. Makes sense, but yeah. still, you're capable of this. Mm -hmm. It was felt that 
The postnatal depression following the birth of her youngest child, coupled with the continuing struggle to survive her husband's poor treatment of the family and the overwhelming fear of losing her children, had caused Elizabeth to experience a period of extreme irrationality during which she acted completely out of character in the only way her confused mind knew how. Wow. She was sentenced to life in a nearby asylum for treatment. After five years being treated in Worcester Asylum, Elizabeth Naramore was declared sane and discharged. In 1907, she visited the unmarked graves of her children in Colebrook Springs and then moved to Boston where she took a position as a clerk in a department store. Elizabeth then fades into the oblivion of time. In 2002, following the efforts of Senator Robert Wetmore, who lives near the cemetery, which sits quietly on Granger Road, Barry Historical Society, Secretary of State William Galvin, and others, a memorial stone was finally dedicated to the children, over 100 years after their deaths. Galvin donated $4,000 for a piece of Canadian granite with the children's names. On one side and on the other, a brief synopsis of the events which surrounded their deaths. Guarded by a lone oak tree since their intimate, a lonely group of indentations was all that remained, but now the children are remembered once again, and visitors continue to pause and leave the little ones a toy. Hmm. Wow. So, Perry and I and our new investigator, Donna, decided to check out the cemetery. Now, how did you feel about going there? I mean, it's such a heartbreaking story. It is a heartbreaking story, and I was expecting anything but what I felt. Um, I was expecting maybe to be scared or to have some some feeling of trepidation of something like that. But none of that. I was just calm and peaceful. Yeah. I, mean, I felt was... the same thing. I thought it was a very calming place, yeah. a very um, inviting mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. And yeah. it just seemed like this was a good place. I didn't feel any fear or anything at all there. It was just a very calming environment. It may be because um, she did a horrific thing, but it was her desperate measures for what was going to happen to her family. Yeah, yeah. You know? And she didn't do it out of hate. She did it right. out of love. Right. Exactly. I mean, it was misguided, but she still did it out of love. Right, right. She knew that the children were going to be taken. Yeah. And the, and the younger two are going to go to a poorhouse. Yeah. That was. I mean, yeah. you hear horrific stories of poorhouses. That's for you sure. Know. Yeah. Like that was a town. Right. <laughs> right. What yeah. was going to happen to them? Right. They would have yeah. been all separated. Right. Yeah. Right. And she may never have gotten to see them again. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. She and never just... each other again either. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. she kind of she just snapped. It was mm -hmm. definitely. So I mean, I guess I do believe that. What did it say? She was in there for ten ten years. Five. five years okay and um probably was safe to let her out you know right. i mean i feel bad for the woman her too right right obviously the children but yeah if she really that's not her character that's yeah. what everybody said mm -hmm. and now she has to live with that you know yeah i can't imagine how how much guilt she must have felt after that that right. must have been incredible yeah. right right mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's what i felt too is is peace yeah you know, I did too. You know, I mean, yeah. knowing 
like how grisly and stuff it all was, I thought it might be creepy, but it, it wasn't. No, at all. Wasn't. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. yeah, I thought it would be creepy or scary or something, but anything but. Yeah. yeah. And so we did an investigation there. And before we even went in the cemetery, we got some orbs. Because mm -hmm. the equipment we had was a camcorder, a right. GoPro camera, yeah. which is also a recorder, two audio recorders, right. and then our cell phone cameras mm -hmm. and a regular point-and-shoot camera. Right. So I got some orbs before we even went inside, just yeah. like it was the orbs were inside, but we were still on the outside where, you know, there's about a waist-high stone wall going around. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was some orbs there. And we had no idea when we got there where the kids were buried, but it's a very small cemetery. And Perry, tell them this. You knew right where to go. <laughs> and it was... I just had a feeling that... I don't know. I just went right to it, and I don't know why or how. I just went over the hill, and I knew it was there somehow. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that was pretty wild. Yeah, that was great. Because <laughs> we walked in. He didn't even hesitate. He just knew it was to the left. Yeah. And down, like, a little embankment. Right. So mm -hmm. they were buried away from... The main cemetery. Yeah. yeah. And you knew right where to go. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't even see it from the cemetery itself, really, unless you were over in that side of the cemetery. Mm hmm from the main entrances, you couldn't see them. Right, right. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. So I had, I don't know. <laughs> I can't explain yeah. it. Yeah. But Donna, I think you were, you were really good with the children. Like, you knew how to talk to them. Well, you know, I, I, was so I felt like they were right there. I really did. I, I think really, they were. It yeah. was, and then when I said hello to each one of them, that's when the um, recorder beeped three times mm -hmm. when I said Charles's name. Yeah, and the recorder, you know, the one that I was holding went beep, 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 really loud. Yeah. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could have been them, them telling you because so when we first went down there, we put one of the audio recorders right on top of the headstone. Donna was holding the other one, and so when I went back and listened to the recorders, so now I'm listening to the new recorder. That's our newest one that was on top of the headstone, I heard her record a beep. And when that happened, it was just staticky right. in between the beeps. Right. Whereas the entire rest of the investigation, <clears throat> it was clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But actually, before the investigation, before Donna got there and Perry and I were just kind of looking around outside the edge of the cemetery, there was a crypt, an open crypt. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, it was not even in the cemetery, it was outside of it. Right, Yeah. but I did get static from that too, because I kind of held the recorder inside, I think you were holding it inside, Yeah. and static came out on, on that, huh. and um, we did get some pictures of orbs near that, and inside, we had a recorder, we had the camcorder set up on a tripod the entire time, facing the kid's gravestone. I'm going to have to, we're going to start a YouTube channel and I want to get that up as soon as possible so we can put these videos up for you to see and a lot of other ones that we have. I'm sure we'll get a lot more from other investigations, but on this investigation, and I will like edit the video so you're not just sitting there watching all the mm -hmm. stuff when nothing's happening. I'll kind of just put in 
So like, like Donna was saying, or you saw, um, you'd ask them questions or talk to them. Right. Tell them about the little leaf that, or the right. piece of so grass. Right, so it was like a, almost like a lily um, leaf from a lily. And I said, you know, if you're here and you want to talk to us, you know, anything going on or show us a sign. And boy, that little leaf just kept going up and down and up and down the whole time that we were there. And each time, then it would stop, and then I'd ask it again, and sure enough, it would start up again. So I definitely think they were around us. I mm -hmm. I, I know they were. Yeah, you could feel them. Mm -hmm. You could feel them around us. You know, so. and especially with that happening, because, yeah. and that's on the video, which I would like to post, and uh, you can see that leaf moving as she asks the questions, and there was no other breeze. If you look around at the other little leaves and stuff that were near that lily they weren't moving at all right. mm -hmm. none one. of the trees were moving even slightly right, right. just that one yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and we brought a ball and a truck mm -hmm. to try to play with the kids and um you know we talked to them and rolled the ball around and then we left it there for a while and mm -hmm. went to explore the rest of the cemetery and what i got on the video while we were gone is a here and there you'll see an orb fly fly by the camera and all of them except for one were right in front of the great right in front of their headstone yeah that's mm -hmm. great and you can see an orb and one of them coming right up from uh the lily that was on the ground coming like almost, but it wasn't a bug i swear because i was able to um take a still shot of the frame and I blew it up and it's like a white round like an orb. Right. Is that the same plant that was moving? No. No? Oh, mm -mm. okay. No. And then also in one of them on the left hand side, I'm not it happened so quick, I'm not sure if it's like a round orb or just a black streak. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Oh what about around the Tucker? family plot remember what we saw there there's a whole family of tuckers around right. about the middle of the cemetery right, right. and what did we see there we were just Donna. inundated <laughs> with dragonflies oh that's right we just that's inundated right. with them it was great yeah it must yeah. have been like a thousand dragonflies <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they were only there when we were there right yeah and only right around the uh this plot right right yeah they stayed right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was watching one dragonfly and it kept on coming closer to us and closer. They would back off. And it started <laughs> coming closer to us again. It would back off. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was, that was like a really warm feeling. Like a good, yeah. Yeah. cozy feeling. feeling right. right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was. Yeah. Because we came across another stone way in the back of the cemetery. And we had been visiting that one for a while. That was somebody named Abe. And Donna talked to him for quite a while. And, right. you know, I'm still not sure. Because I haven't had a chance to look at the um, GoPro mm -hmm. video yet. And Donna had the GoPro on her head, on our, you know, on her forehead the whole time. So maybe we'll get something from that. But so on our way back from that, on our way back from Abe's to go back to the Naramore children... We just stopped in front of this the Tucker's mm -hmm. plots because that's where the dragonflies were. Right. Yeah. And then while we were at Abe's is when I felt like somebody was watching us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you From did say us. that. Yeah. 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 
So yeah. they were like, come on back, we want to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you had to leave shortly after right, that, right. Donna. Mm -hmm. So Perry and I went, I think, did you go back down to the Naramore children with us? I think we did. I did go back one more time. Okay, down. and you right. said goodbye I to said them. Goodbye to them, right. Yeah. yeah, because then after we grabbed the toys and we went back up to try to go over to, um, to see Abe again, because for some reason I was thinking Abe was like a little boy, but you said he's in his twenties. Yeah. yeah. So he must think I'm a wacko. What's <laughs> <laughs> this lady trying to get me to roll a ball around in a, in a right. fire truck? But anyway, so on our way back again from him to go get the camcorder at the Naramar kids, all of a sudden as we're walking towards the Tuckers, we we saw a few of them coming in just out of nowhere like i can't say they were flying from yeah all of a sudden they were just like like they are there scared. Right. yeah and the closer we got the more that came in mm -hmm. not as many as the first time but still right, right? that was crazy yeah. yeah and they weren't any place i mean there was none anywhere until we started right. moving toward that location that was really funny i like mm -hmm. that yeah. yeah yeah we didn't see them anywhere else in the cemetery no? and we walked the, around the whole thing mm-hmm yeah, yeah we so. it was a great investigation yeah it was fun it was. It was. so you want to do more of that i do i awesome. do we loved yeah. having you there so. yeah are you going to put the um epvs on there oh yes we do have one mm -hmm. and it's a good one it it's is a, a great one. one. Oh my goodness <laughs> who yes. wants to talk Go about ahead. it Say that. i think it's wonderful so what we got on the recorder that was laying on top of the Naramore headstone is and this was well i don't know if it, i think it was while we were wandering around the rest of the cemetery i really don't know right. it could have been while we were standing there and we didn't hear it but mm -hmm. we have children laughing and playing on this recording sure do yeah mm -hmm. it sounds great and yeah. so we're going to play that for you next here it is one more time So no doubt in our minds that it's children playing, right? How That's could it be? definitely children playing right. and yeah. laughing and playing. It sounds yeah. like there's three or four of them to me. Mm -hmm. And they're happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I know. I was so happy to hear that because right. after what they went through, right. you know, I didn't know if they were just like, know angry and sad mm -hmm. which they have a right to be right but they still know how to laugh and have fun right. Right. and i told you that when i heard that recording for the first time i oh, just spoke yeah. to them and said i'm so glad you are all happy um and playing with each other still and my phone went beep just <laughs> like that and right yep, yeah my phone beeped instant, instantly and wow. there was nothing, nothing else to make it beep nope. that's not your ringtone nope. or anything right, right. Nope. right. So, so i believe yeah so they're even around you now yeah. see mm -hmm. how much they loved you yeah so yeah. I, you know maybe with my teacher background right. yeah maybe <laughs> you know, maybe but it was it was a good experience yeah it, it was, was. Yeah. so we want to go back there again one more time and see Maybe the children are more will be more comfortable, maybe more open, mm -hmm. and maybe yeah. we'll actually hear them ourselves. Right. I mean, I don't even know how that works. Mm -hmm. You know, some spirits you can hear, right? Some you can't, except for on recorders, and maybe right. they're not able to do that. These particular, yeah, right. Who knows? Who knows? And we also get a lot of photos of orbs that we're going to post. Mm-hmm. 
If you want to check out the photos of the orbs that we got during this investigation and from other investigations, you can visit itsjustagoespodcast.com and click on the Naramore Children. I am in the middle of updating the website, and once it's updated, you will just have to click on episode 33 to get those photos. So either way, and... Also, if you have, you know, we do a variety of things on this podcast. We do listener stories, obviously investigations like this one. And we do interviews with paranormal investigators and stuff. So if you have any true experiences of your own, any paranormal experiences that you would like to share, we would love to hear them and read them on an upcoming episode. And so you can email those to it's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com. And I wanted to let you know too, we like any kind of paranormal stories, but we have a contest going on right now until the deadline is October 1st to send in your story of haunted dolls. This is going to be for the month of October, Halloween. And they can be real experiences, or if you enjoy writing and you'd like to write us a fiction story about haunted dolls, feel free to do that too. And deadline is October 1st, and we're going to read them throughout the month of October on the podcast. And there are three prizes available. So whoever has the best stories, you know, we're going to judge them. And the prizes are going to be some of our merchandise because now we have a merch store as well. And that's up on the website. It's just a ghostpodcast.com. We have pens and bumper stickers and uh, yeah. magnets mm-hmm. and sage in case you, you know, you want to get rid of something you don't want in your house. <laughs> you can order sage from us, incense sticks of sage, and there'll be a lot more coming soon. So, yeah, email us your stories to... It's just a ghost podcast at yahoo.com. I think that wraps it up. Do we have anything else we need to add? Do you know of? Well, if you live in the area and you want us to come and investigate your location, if you know someplace we can go, let us know. Oh, yeah. Suggestions are always open. Mm-hmm. Central, well, anywhere in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. Rhode Island, or Connecticut, we're yeah. in Central Mass. So, yeah, even if it's your home or outside your home. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not a psycho and you're not going to put us in your cellar or something. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> or, or just a location, a haunted cemetery or whatever. So, good idea. Yeah, we Pat. take suggestions, any good locations you know of, we'll be glad to go and check it out. All right. So I guess we're done for tonight. And thank, thank you, and, Donna. And we look forward to doing more investigations with you. Uh, thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you, Donna. Thank you, Mary. That was great. All right, we'll see you both later, and remember, ghosts are people too. That's right. And if you are looking for even more spooky material to listen to, you might want to check out Sleepless in Suburbia. Here is a trailer. Do you ever wonder what it is that goes bump in the night? You're not alone. We do too. I'm Brooke from the Sleepless in Suburbia podcast. If you're into stories about the beings and beasts hidden away by the shadow of night in basements, attics, and dark corners, then you're invited to join us every Tuesday for a new terrifying case of a haunted location. Join the six friends of Sleepless in Suburbia as we investigate the likes of poltergeists, 
demons, ghosts, and even black-eyed kids. Never knowing what we're going to find when we embark on each thrilling investigation. Sometimes we encounter haunted buildings, alien-infested camps, and occasionally, the possible origin of a well-known horror character. If you want to delve deeper into scary stories of the paranormal, join us every Tuesday for our investigation recap on the Sleepless in Suburbia podcast. You can find us on all of your favorite podcast listening apps or visit sleeplessinsuburbia.com to subscribe and listen to all of our haunting cases. We'll leave a lantern burning for you.